Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Ragland. And there's Oliver. Hello, we'll see if he's quiet for the intro. Right, Oliver is our new sound guy. He is seven months old. And he is spitty as can be. That's so right. So he might get electrocuted on the board. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming to the show. We're glad uh, to have Really you. fun guest today. Uh, we had actually had this in the book about a year ago, but she's bi-coastal, so she wasn't around when we had to change dates. But she's here now, and we're excited to have her. She's our second member of the family. Facts of life. She cast. is. We're going to uh, collect them all. That's right. But she was on the show from the beginning until the very end. She yep. was in all of it. She played Natalie. Mindy Cohn is our guest. Uh, I'm really excited that she's here. Really funny lady. We're so excited. Yep. But before we get to that, a very brief uh, bit of housekeeping. Uh, very brief. Uh, if you like the show, go to iTunes, leave us a review. It's the only way iTunes is working right now. There's a weird glitch is you have to have, click five stars. Um, <laughs> and like any negative sort of adjectives are being cut out by the program. So I would just save yourself a hassle. Do a five star, really positive review. Right. That's, you know, just to make sure it works okay for you. Yeah. You can also email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. Every uh, email you send us, we'll read. We'll write you back. It's uh, really fun to get them. We love guest suggestions, any kind of uh, things you wanted to ask us personally or your thoughts on the show. Everything is welcome. Yep. Though I think you have a few to forward me, Vanessa. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see oh, some of these. There's some that are like really mean about you. Just kidding. They're all nice about him. Uh, Also, we are pretty much listener supported. We have a stray sponsor every once in a while, but it's your uh, few bucks here and there that help us to do this thing because there are costs. We got a, you know, website costs and hosting costs and stuff. Uh, This bottled water ain't free. This is Nestle Pure Life that we give our guests. (laughs) Uh, But if you want to donate, you can go to our website, popmyculturepodcast.com and click on the donate button. Every little bit helps and we'll give you a shout out on a future episode. Everybody who donates in some uh, semi-funny, semi-annoying way. Oliver agrees. Yeah, he wants to do them, but but there aren't any this week. We're all caught up. That's right. So uh, we'll probably do some next episode, I hope. Yeah. Without further ado, Mindy Mindy Cohn. Our guest today, well, I'm really excited that she's here. uh, We were supposed to do this, I think, a year ago or so, and now we're doing it now, which is great. Yay. Uh, You guys know her as Natalie Green from, I think, every single episode, pretty much, of Facts of Life. Natalie Cohn is here. Natalie. Hi. Natalie Cohn. Wow. Mindy Cohn is here. I just did that. No, it's not. Um, Make him feel horrible. No, we can fix that, too. (laughs) Mindy Cohn is here. I know what it is. Uh, Mindy is here. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you. So glad Thank to have you. you here. Good to be here. So uh, let's start with something that's all over the news right now. Um, what is that? Very that is uh, Renee Zellweger uh, got some work done. I know. Well, and um, there's photos of her. Who knows exactly what happened? And it's been very interesting to May see. May I just say the reactions? Yeah. Yeah, I have so much to say about this, which usually I don't. Yeah. Because everybody like joie de, like whatever you want to do. Right. I think she did something to her eyes. Having said that, I love that these same news outlets who produce certain uh, reality shows don't comment that Kim Kardashian obviously had a nose job. things done. That 17-year-old Kylie Jenner has just had her lips done. Yeah. Right. And no one says blip. No, it's only when it's done... Like, and it's also a person that they lambasted for years with made fun of her eyes, you know? Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. So this, I didn't know. 
happens to be, in my opinion, a beautiful girl. Yeah. Still looks beautiful. In other words, yeah. she has not, at least in my, and this is absolutely opinion-oriented, obviously, has not somehow changed her face. You can tell she's just taken whatever what was under her yeah. eyes and over. She had, big, she had puffy eyes. Um, I totally relate to that. Yeah. I think she's still beautiful. I don't think it changed her face and what her face can do. Um, but I'm just offended that for some reason certain people get picked out. Yeah, and other people... Don't. It's never well, even there was a, mentioned. No, let there was a great about. article that took because there's been a lot of strange. Like for some reason, this one really stirred up people's like the opinion of like it's because she's aging and people hate to see a woman age, which isn't really what it is. No. I think her face looks like a different face, but not. It's just like her signature look was kind of that squinty, smiley thing, and now she looks like sort of like a serene, beautiful lady. Like she yes. looks, she looks like great. It's just, and if you it was saw her, hard. she doesn't look worked on. If either. I saw those photos though, I don't know if I would have been like, Oh, that's Renee Zellweger. Like whatever she did was enough to alter her face in a way that made her not as recognizable to me. I but think also, it was the pictures they used because be if you too. look side by side, her nose is the same. Her lips are the same. Her facial structure is the same. It is really just, just her eyes. eyes. Now, Jennifer Gray, who we all like yeah. know and love. I'm just saying it to me. It, it was as noticeable as changing when Jennifer did her nose. Yes. Yeah. It changed her whole face. Yeah. I think with Renee, because it's probably new, Yeah, it, it seemingly changed her whole face. But I bet once it all settles down... Yeah, she just will look a little more awake in her eyes. Right. It's well, very I possible. Think, I'm hoping. I think I don't your know. opinion is really the intelligent like viewpoint on it, though, because the article I read that I really liked about it was saying that very thing that like the. The line for women in beauty is so interesting because we have a whole bunch of people that we know they get work done all the time and we say nothing. We're just like, they look great. She looks amazing. When it's like you could look at photos by photos by photos and they have been changing their faces for a long time. But for some reason, it's to our taste or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I think or part it's of expected. it with this too is like Renee hasn't really been around for a while. Like she kind of slowed down like she you know she was a huge star yeah. 10 mm-hmm. years ago you know mm-hmm. even five years ago or whatever but like i feel like i can't name something she's made in the last couple of years so to all of a sudden see her again with the different look like if it had been like she's constantly in the news we constantly right. see yes. her it might have been may not gradual. have been as surprising yeah. because we right. haven't seen her age publicly really in a sense you know so you have the combination of her like just being a little bit older and getting that work done that made people go like, whoa, who is this? You know? Yes. Well, the rules are just impossible to follow. I mean, it's the same. They were also bringing up um, in that article, like with weight and things like we want people to be a crazy amount of skinny, but we never want them to have a large amount of weight loss at once. Or, a, you know what I mean? It's like, there's just this, this like very strange appetite that you have to feed just so for it to be not even mentioned. You I know? just want to know who they decide how to pick on. It's got to be personal at some I, level, I just, right? I yeah. just wonder because some people are really left alone. Yeah. Or some people are above the fray. Or for some reason, no one wants to just chalk it up to genetics. Yeah. If someone gets pregnant, they absolutely lose the baby weight in three months the way their mother did, the way their grandmother probably right. did. And that other people, it takes a little while the way yeah. their mother did. The way their, their grandmother did, yeah. But like, no, they got to make it like a thing. Yep. And I, I guess I'm just curious, who's the picker? Yeah. I feel like the reason that you don't really hear about it with the Kardashians or people like that is you mm-hmm. kind of expect that kind of behavior. But, because- well, well, I have to say, I, I'm a, I am upset and I get mortified, really upset when I see a 16 or 17-year-old yes. getting lips done. Yeah, that's lame. That, to me, and she is a, 
you know, teenage role model. Yep. That really is upsetting to me. And that's not mentioned, but a 45-year-old woman who chooses to do her eyes, that's newsworthy. And somehow the message being given to 16 and 17, you're like, it's totally okay to inject your lips. It's like, just make yourself hot. Yeah. That that really, really, and then it's not mentioned. It really bothers me a lot. Well, it should. I think it should bother people. And instead, like... Whether or not it's because we expect the Kardashians or whatever it is, like they're the most famous people. So it's not just that we expect it, we love it. Or you know what I mean? Like I guess there's something so. nefarious. It happening. kills me that just in general, the Kardashians or those people are are, are role models. To it's me, that, so that makes sad. me nuts that anybody would be looking up to them. Like if anything like that, it, it should be a cautionary tale. Well, the thing that makes me nuts about that is that. To me, my hat's off. You know, I give respect even if I don't necessarily like something. I accept what it is. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are extraordinarily wonderful marketers, that yep. they created an opportunity and have become ex- incredibly successful. But when something is defined as work, mm-hmm. that yeah. starts to bother me. And in yeah. the zeitgeist of America, that scene is working. Yes. Not that they don't spend a lot of time hustle, doing hustle, what they hustle. do. Yep. Yes. Right. But do. when that's the new definition of what work is, I I fear for this country. Well, it's like <laughs> selfie nation. It's like all yeah. those things. Yeah, into that's one of what's the offensive become. part to me. Their lives are a brand. Yeah. Like that's right. what it is. But very I grew up brand. with a million of those families yeah. growing yeah. up in Beverly Hills. Okay, yeah. there, there's a million of them. And not to be rude that they're not special. Everyone is very special yeah. and unique. But what I'm saying is, it to me, when I was growing up, our show was Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, right? right. There's always an aspirational something, yeah. right? It's become reality stars. I mean, with Paris Hilton yep. started it and all that stuff. I understand it in theory. But when it's then taken to an extreme where there's definitions of mm-hmm. what's work, yeah. that it's not really... It doesn't stay in its lane. <laughs> no, my favorite yeah. like um, Kardashian <laughs> moment this year was an interview with the two youngest, Kylie and mm-hmm. um, Kendall. Mm-hmm. And Kylie is the model, right? No, she's or, the younger oh, yeah. one. Kendall is the model. And so they were talking about stuff and um, what she was doing and how long she and hard she'd been working to become a model and all this. And they were like, and Kylie, what's your plan? And she's like, well, with me, we're going for more of like making me a personality. And that was, at the time, she was, like, 16, and the words out of her mouth are, like, we're going from making me a personality, like, as her career. And I yeah. just thought that the conversations that must happen behind closed doors... Well, and where's the skill set? No, there isn't one. I mean, it's so sad to think, like, your mother and your team is telling you what you're going to become is a personality. So what you're going to need to do is make crazy observations or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that that's being groomed. Think as, of everything as a soundbite. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. just, it's, that was the moment I thought like, oh, this is a frightening thing because before that it had been the older girls and it seemed to be helmed by like, you know, well, first it was Kim and then everybody sort of found their own niche. But then it's like, oh, you've been grooming these little girls right. to say exactly what they're going to be. And how they're going to be famous. And those girls, you know, the older girls, well, and all, all three of them, you know, they had businesses, they had yep. a store. I yep. mean, there was, yeah. they, they, there was a they little work life. ethic yeah. there. And they'd had you know? life before yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, so, a very, like, alien life to me, but still a working, responsible life. But to I think just, about growing up and my mom saying, we're going to make you a personality. Like, the yeah, thought of tough. that was be like, how can you ever have a... 
like a organic experience. Right. I would just love it if one came out of the woodworker that we weren't aware of, like Cami Kardashian, <laughs> and like she's actually she, I'm a good actress. I went to like or what about just Cami as a CPA? There, yeah. You know, there, like, that's I'm interested went, in that one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> actually show. sought out education yeah, or right. philanthropic ventures yeah. or something thought, like that. That's fine for my family if yeah. that's how they want to do it. But I actually want to try to go out and do something substantial in a sense that right. is different and right. feel like I have a skill set and. Right. Like own a Kinkos, you know what I mean? Just anything. Yeah, yeah. Like slightly I, not glamorous. I would be very interested. Yeah, in. I'd be very interested in that as well. That would be weird though if you came out of that family. Like, I just want to own a Kinkos. <laughs> I have a I thing for toner. <laughs> I like making you know posters out of people's files that they bring me. Exactly. Shipping things overnight if they want it. I like exactly. never understanding the way that somebody wants something printed. I always have bad experiences. <laughs> yeah, because they aren't really Kinkos anymore. They're now they're FedEx. They're FedEx? Kinkos. Yes, office. Oh, oh, it's FedEx office. Kinkos right. is gone from yes. the word. How sad. Is it? Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. It it's, one of, it's one of those things where, you know, it's just going to peter out. Like, what was that? Like, someone said the other day, which is hilarious, something about a Walkman. And I went, oh, yeah. Like, I knew what she was talking yeah. about, but everyone else in the room had no idea what oh, she was that's saying. so bizarre. It's weird yes. to think about things that, like, were a part of your life for a long time that don't exist mm-hmm. anymore, or even just, like, stores or brands or whatever, like, because I used to go to Montgomery Ward, not a thing anymore. Right. Or May the, Company. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or the Good Guys. Uh, what that's was the gone. Good Guys? Good Guys in Circuit City. Like, same oh. deal. Like, all these things. Like are, a Best Buy. Yeah, because yeah, like because now everything shifted online, so storefronts are harder to justify. Yes, so a lot of these places are gone. Tower Records and video, and yeah, stuff like that yeah. all the video stores that existed previously. Though it was weird, I, I just recently went back to Michigan for a little family trip, and I hadn't been there in like nine years or whatever. And one thing I noticed driving around is there's a lot of video stores, like actual, like not Blockbuster, really? a few of those, but like mostly like whatever brand, like such, such video stores. I was like, wow, these are there are places still in this country that. And I'm sure some of our, a lot of our listeners will probably be like, "Well, duh, idiot!" That have right. storefront who video stores who can't afford cable, who still I guess still, that is the yeah. way they see their they movies. They still go and down there. They, yeah. They're not yeah. streaming everything on whatever, and mm-hmm. they actually like to go down, like which I used to love doing right. on a Friday night with your friends and picking out a video and taking it home and watching it. Like that kind of experience is still live places. Whereas you know here in Los Angeles, all that shit's gone yes. it's just empty storefronts that are now being used as spirit Halloween stores <laughs> oh my god at the holidays <laughs> yep it's yes. just so weird to me well I think I might have talked about this before but my little baby Oliver like to think of the way his play is going to be so different like yes there's a toy that they make now that has a phone on it that's like the phone that has a receiver you know what I mean yes and to him the only thing that will ever represent is that toy specifically because he's never gonna have that like when he mimics us playing on the phone, which kids love to do, like starting around one, you know, they love to, hello, it's going to be like a square thing that you touch the face of. Like, he's not going to know punching buttons or a cord. Like, it's really bizarre to me. It is. There's it not going to be the little cash register machine toys. There's just going to be like a little PayPal swipe. Exactly. Like, they'll have a little <laughs> card to plug into their <laughs> toy phone. My first card reader. Oh, totally. my gosh. Oh, my word. No. Yeah. Okay. And actually, this ties into something I put on this list that we were going to talk about. But like the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, which was actually Mm -hmm. a big hit on CD or whatever, it's got a bunch of songs in the '70s on it. Yes, it's great. It's a fun throwback. But part of that movie was that he's listening to it on cassette. It's a mixtape that his mom made. Yes, exactly. They're going to release it on November 17th or something like that as a cassette, which is it's brilliant. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to buy it in that. Oh yeah, they are. I think they will. I think they will. 
but it'd be cool. Like, Listen, I it's the same way as classic radio are now playing songs that I grew up on. Oh, yeah, that's a weird feeling. It is such a strange feeling that the yeah. 50s, 60s, and 70s magically came to 80s and 90s, and that's what's classic. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like so weird. Yeah, it's yeah, very it strange. A, a weird thought that like you'll be with your kids one day and they'll be like, "What's this oldies cracker?" <laughs> Counting Crows? Oh, oh. are these golden oldies? Exactly. Like stuff that I listened to in college? All right, all right. <laughs> or Oops. for me, like, I think, ooh, all the bad music of, like, the late 90s and early 2000s, maybe that'll just die. Because no, I don't, I they, never want to hear it. came back. Like, as soon as that happened, <laughs> as soon as I was, like, had no one had enough when we were listening to Wham and, was, <laughs> and wearing, like, fluorescent yellow and green. No, we had to do it again. Like, there are just some things that just really need to happen once. Yeah, and they didn't even need to happen. They just did. <laughs> like, 40 years from now, whatever half of the planet's left after the asteroid storm has wiped out most of us. Thank you for that, uh, Those people That's that are great. still here are going to turn on their radios and they're trying to get stuff, and you're still going to hear Mambo he number a whisk- five. <laughs> drink. He takes a vodka drink. Right. Chumbawamba is still going to come to the speakers. That will survive and everyone will be eating Twinkies. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. But everybody's going to be okay and civilization is going to be better than ever. I tend to be a terminal optimist, so I'm kind of there with you. Okay, great. Right. Yeah. I need it to be like that, so that's how it's going to be. I think, I'm always convinced that the pendulum always swings the other way. I mean, just historically, that's what happened. Yeah. I think a generation will come. I don't know if it's Oliver's generation it's or the one Oliver after will his. leave them. Oh, yes, he will. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it will swing the other way, and they will become, and I don't say conservative in the political sense of conservative, but people will want to go back to very... Simpler. Non-technical. It doesn't mean like the advances won't be there, but I just have a feeling people well, we'll will pine. with it, yeah. Yeah, people I'll be interested to see where that goes. Because I feel like... Actual personal conversation. Yeah. Right. I gotta hope so. I feel like we're moving towards minority report in a lot of ways. That people are just going to be putting their hands up in the, in the air and it's going to pull down screens and everything's going to be like that. Because um, that kind of technology like exists in certain yeah. ways. They're just you know like anything else. They roll it out slow on right. purpose. You buy it, and then they roll out the next generation of it, and, and making your next thing. There's obsolete. a new technology that we were going to talk about. Yeah, we're totally going to do that. Okay, which is interesting. So that'll be a good the, segue. I'm horrible at segues, so I get excited. The big when I thing, think I can yeah. make one. The big thing in Back <laughs> to the Future too that everybody thought was really cool uh-huh. was the hoverboard. Right. In that whole segment with Marty. Yes. And, you know, we all know what a hoverboard yeah, is. Yeah, right. So, um, <laughs> but they're always like, well, the technology couldn't really work or whatever. There's this company that has a Kickstarter out right now that they've made the technology work, sort of. Well, I believe it. Have you seen that water kind of, um, it, 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 it's hovered using water. <gasps> it's a jet pack. And you start in the water. What? And it's using air. Excuse me, I just spit. And it pumps. It forces water. Well, you can pull it up online. They do it down in Newport all the time. And it, the air funnels the water through these tubes so it actually like, like levitates propulsion. you. Oh my god. Yeah, and so oh, you nice. you're flying using mm-hmm. the power of water. You're flying, honey. You're flying. <laughs> so I can't imagine. Well this or this technology, imagine. they're calling it a hendo is what it's called. Hendo. What it does right now is it only <laughs> it only hovers three centimeters above the ground. But not very high. <laughs> um and it weighs hundred pounds. And <laughs> What it does is it creates a magnet uh, over a, like a copper floor. So like those two things clashing or whatever. I don't know the exact technology. Wait, so you also have to have a copper floor? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and it has a battery life of seven minutes. And right now the prototypes oh, right. cost $10,000. Okay. 
but it's a prototype, and there's and they're actually going like, to if you pledge 10k, you can buy one or whatever on this Kickstarter thing. What? I know. So they have the video. If you watch the video, it's kind of cool. Like it just shows this like skate ramp that's like copper, yeah. and they're on the guys are on, and you're really you're floating around. It's neat that it like technically exists, and they're saying like obviously it's a prototype. They'll become smaller and more you know longer lasting and able to do these kinds of things or whatever and it's just neat that they finally started to move towards the technology a little bit obviously it's not yeah. nearly practical right. or maybe a decade no. before it ever I'd is. rather those people can afford that send their money to Tesla so that we can get oh, this yeah. like tube action started because that's that's the Speaking new like Elon Musk. Like that? I, I just think he's you know it. But he also, is Iron Man. He is. I, I do. Yeah. But also this whole sense of like being able to just like literally like good old fashioned mail used to do with air pressure. Right. Sit in a seat and tube yourself. The bank. Like from downtown L.A. to the beach, or or eventually L.A. to San Francisco, or you know, I mean, obviously. So cool. I think it's so cool. I'd rather invest in that. Well, did you see when Elon was on, I think it was, Col- it was either Colbert or The Daily Show. I think it was Colbert. And they asked him what was next, and he was like, well, what do you want? And oh, then, see, what a badass. But he can say the that. That's like the sexiest great. response yeah. you could ever have. The response yeah. was great. It was Colbert. I didn't see it. I just heard about it, so I don't know which one it was. I think it was Colbert. Said like, well, you know what I hate? Is that your phones die and you have to find a charger or whatever. What if buildings charged your phones? Like when you walked in, your stuff started to recharge, you know? And Elon was like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. we can work on that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's actually a decent idea. Yeah. Like if you walk into a Starbucks, the whole thing is a phone charger in a sense. That right. But also, phone, what does that do to our brains? That one's more know. scary than tubes but to me. And Theoretically, also, that's pretty interesting. Whatever that somehow get our information. I'm a, I'm a little weird about the whole information thing. I still actually there's certain things. I I'm, trust me, I'm up to date. But there are certain things like I literally still write checks for bills. I won't pay online. I just won't do it. Well, it's now at some point my credit card is online it. somewhere because I've paid for things online, yeah, of course. Right. But just that sense of every month making payments and having those kinds of transactions freaks me out. Well, we just had Pamela Adlon on last week. Oh, I love Pam. She's, She's so amazing. Yes. And she was We've talking about this very, very same thing. Yeah. That she has all her bills are like automatic payment. Yes. She went through like a month ago and saw how much overcharge she was being because they yes. just bundle, bundle, bundle. And she never even thinks about it because it's all bundled up. And she like made a lot of phone calls. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I just think there's some sense to the whole slow down thing. Yeah. Um, my friend Helen and I were just talking about that. Um, there's something to be said about having like a, a mobile phone free day. And when I'm home, I actually reinstated my home number. Yeah, I'm 90. And but I did it because when I'm home, I turn off my mobile. That's awesome. And I don't use it and I don't have it accessible. And if people who I know and love need me, they can call me at home because they have that number. There's something about that that just feels good to me. Yeah. I, I don't think everyone's going to be for that, but there is something to be said about just putting it down, you know, for a few hours a day. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I can't believe the amount of stress that we don't really think about that we've put on ourselves by being constantly available. Well, just like walk, mm-hmm. go to a mall. Walk around and look at how many people are just head down in go their phone. Go to anywhere. Go walking. to any crosswalk. Really, they're walking. Really and, and it makes me very blue. I mean, yeah. I'm not a bluesy person, but it, it really does freak me out when you go to any other, most other countries. People really do sit at restaurants and are actually talking to each other <laughs> instead of two or three or four people sitting around a table on phones. Yeah. I just, I just don't quite... 
I mean, I, I, really I, I understand me. some of it because people have, in general have social anxieties, and it's a chance. It's it's a yeah, permission. It's permission to hide yep. in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Because it's it's yes. now it has been accepted that you can look at your phone whenever, for the most part. But and, maybe we should be take okay a little bit. I don't know. I just I still do. You can bring a book somewhere. Yeah. Like there's. Yeah. We've all been socially awkward our whole lives. I mean, who hasn't? But you yeah. know, bring a magazine, bring reading material, bring an iPad. I mean, to read if you're alone. But yeah. the whole sense of like when you are actually with people. Right. To then still need it. And then for me, I think what was putting a bee in my bonnet was just this sense that everyone thinks you and assumes you can return a message or a phone call immediately. immediately. That's the stress. I, yeah. I don't like that. And I don't like actually what it does to me when I no. have that expectation. I don't give people a minute. Yeah. I've become more impatient, which I can't stand in myself. Yeah, no, just, well, I got the, the pace of living now is ridiculous. I, I remember much. the days of like, you know, answering machines cause those are kind of gone. But like uh-huh. when you leave a message for somebody, right. And they would call you back the next morning, the next day, exactly. maybe five or six hours later. And you later, would be glad they called like, you back. Oh, wow. Thanks for getting they back to my me message. so fast. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like, I texted you 15 minutes ago. What no, the, the, where the fuck are you? No, the worst thing is right. a new thing. Well, new in my life. I've been getting it a lot recently, though. Someone will Facebook message me and then text me within 10 minutes, just messaged you. Have you seen it? Whoa, buddy. Like, Oh, see, that's so interesting. Oh, so I, am only, up on I am only on Twitter because... Very dear friends of mine said, please pull the trigger and pick one. Yeah. But like get on social media. And Twitter seemed that it would not, it would not not embrace. Well, that, and also, you know, I just scare myself that I would somehow have stalker tendencies of people and then also just lose days of being on Facebook. And I, I think like, you know, all girls who grew up in Cali, I mean, I think I have that compare and despair thing too. And you know, no one posts on their Facebook pictures, you know, their shite days. Right. They put their, you know, beautiful pictures. Yeah. And I, I think it leads to a lot of compare and despair there's enough Anxiety. of that in general. And you also, know? So kind I'm of, kind of off the Facebook, as my yeah. granny would say. I'm thankful <laughs> that you're not on Facebook right now, because I did a post about this the other day. Like, Tell everybody me. is sharing articles about spiders. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's all lists it's constant. and spiders. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, but well, like, it's all gratitude the time lists right now, and kale like, recipes. Yep. And yeah. It's like this woman's house was full of poisonous spiders in the wall. This guy went to Belize and like had a, uh, his uh, some operation, and a spider burrowed in his chest. It's because people are so afraid of them. Everybody Here's a gets spider off on that's the size it. of a puppy, like constant. Oh, yeah, that and was I'm like, I know, one. I get that we're kind of near Halloween. I get that when this comes out, we will be post Halloween. But if, right now, like cool, we are near Halloween. But it's just weird to me. I was like, yeah. why every single day do I have to see it? spiders in my feed? I don't like them, yeah. and why are they always in my feed? Well, what I don't like is now I'm thinking about it. But they all these lists and silly things, and it's all so. Dramatic. Everything BuzzFeed and everything puts out is like, you'll never believe, or your life will completely change, like these yes. things. But one well, today. It's clickbait. Yeah. Like they, they, they give you just enough of the sentence to have to click on it to find out what it but is. But I actually clicked on this that said, you'll never look at Disney princesses the same after you see this artist's interpretation of their selfies. And I clicked it like, what would that look like? <laughs> oh, no. That means my brain is half rotted. There's also like, <laughs> sometimes there's just not any substance in anything. Like there's one the other day that was like, Seth Rogen finally confronts the man that uh, canceled freaking geeks. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I clicked on it. It's just like, he was at backstage at SNL and he saw the guy that canceled freaks and geeks and gave him the business. And I was like, so your article is the exact same as your headline. There's no substance to this other no. than this happened. Oh yeah, it happened. And which maybe what was his reaction? What did he say? Article. Like there yeah. was no article there. But of course, you click on it, going like, "Oh, this will be interesting." Yeah, nothing. Mm. That's why I think the click hole is so friggin' brilliant. The Onion puts this thing out called click hole now, which is like making fun 
of all that kind of of all the yeah. clickbait and all the quizzes and stuff like that too. It's one of the funniest things I've ever done. Yeah, it is funny. I, I would definitely check that. What out. What was everyone mind. doing before they were doing? They were living lives, having emotional moments and relationships. I mean, I I just what <laughs> I just what were they doing? Yeah, so much. I had a full life. I mean, I, I wonder, like, what are people not doing that they would be doing? All their work. Well, but at right? the same time, though, I don't as, know. as much as, as we're bitching about this technology, which we all pretty much use in some way Absolutely. or Absolutely. And like, here we are doing love. a podcast, you the, know? Yeah, exactly. The, the generation before us, they're, you know, or even our generation when we were younger, right. they're complaining about, like, oh, they're always listening to their Discman. Oh, they're, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? They're always right. playing on, that loud music on their hi fi. Right. Yeah, they're always yeah. playing Atari. Like, it's always been some gotcha. sort of technological leap that the. Con- that the generation before did not have yeah. that true. they view as rotting their brains. It just you know, seems part so... of it that upsets me as as an actor and as a as a as a worker mm-hmm. in a, in the arts is that for like this podcast, the example you know g- going into the television realm. I'm about to go to New York and do shoot a web series. That in general, independent movies and web series have started to pay actors what's now called SAG modified. It's right. no mm-hmm. longer SAG deferred. It's like modified, which basically means $100 a day. And, yeah. and they crank this stuff out in three days. Now, what's ironic is that it's not that everyone else is working for scale. These productions and these, de- these production deals, they, they have a lot of money. I That's mean, the worst I'm part going about it. to shoot something that is going to have a full crew makeup hair. I mean, you name it, it's going to be there and it's top notch. And yet they're not paying their actors. Because they know they don't have to. I mean, it's well, the and, sick and, thing. And, and, and we, we like me, will say yes because the part's great. You, you want to do, do it, work, yeah. and you want to work with you know yeah. people right. um, that are kind of amazing. But it seems to me that what's happening with technology is that it's only exacerbating that sense of like the wealthy get wealthier yes. and the poor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That yeah. The disparage totally. between being actually able to like work and make a living. Mm-hmm. Is getting harder and harder. Right. Yeah. And that web series, is that no hookups? Is that the thing? Yes. Yeah. How do you even know about that? You, you, you mentioned it. Ah. <laughs> uh, but that's, oh, I tweeted it. That's I Nev, tweeted that's it. Nev, that's Nev, Nev Shulman. Yes, he's executive, so executive produce, producer, but it's he's really behind the scenes. I mean, it's actually a really very smart... Um, the premise, I think, is very amazing. It's basically about this um, girl uh, and her brother who are both using Tinder. And um, it's just it's it's done very well. It's very funny. Um, and through the course of this six episodes, their personalities like morph off of being on Tinder. Um, it's it's very cute. I'm really looking forward oh, and to it. It really nice. ties into our discussion, too, of just like technology sort of taking over and molding how we present ourselves. Yeah, and but live. I thought, you know, hats off to like somebody doing really starting to talk about yeah. these apps that are quite peculiar. Yeah. I mean, so really, weird. really bizarre. I thought that people were, I heard about Tinder first uh, in stand-up shows because everybody started making jokes about Tinder as soon right. as it happened because it's such a weird, like, swipe. Well, and it and- started off as this sort of, like, at least the the way I first heard about it, this fringe then about what, when, you know, a gay man's wanting to hook up. And he is in a certain location. All he has to do is go on Tinder and, hi, you have five guys within one mile radius that would love yeah. to meet up with you. Obviously, it was like a, hook, a hookup. Yeah. But, but it's now kind of, from what I'm understanding well, now that, that women are grinder. on it. I think that was grinder, And then and, Tinder was like, oh, we'll do it for more like um, straight people, I think. 
I think you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, but here's what's more happening. More apparently, acceptable. yes, because apparently it's kind of oh, it's usurping Match.com. It is. Why go online and put a profile out? Just go. But again, one more time, it's based on what someone looks like. You have no idea. If you don't like the way they look. It's you say looks, no looks, and age. It's pretty much like I guess you get out in location, like <laughs> yeah. proximity. And like I that. don't know if people are really wanting to date. Well, Rather I know than a lot just of women that are wanting to date, well, and they're so women. shocked that these that the men aren't. Like, hey, and it's like, up? honey, no. If he is on something where he is swiping to decide if you look good enough to go out with, and, and you're all, five minutes away, yeah, exactly. Trust me, and it's all a you need call. to do yeah. is be close. Yeah. Then I don't think he like <laughs> wants to start a family. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but well, there, the, there but is, the series is basically saying like. Where else do you meet people now? Yeah. The bar scene is not what it was. The gym, I mean, there's a joke in there that's very funny, too. I mean, you know, at SoulCycle, there's no straight men at SoulCycle. Yeah. Like, you know, where where <laughs> are you going to meet, you know, guys yeah. it's today? It's weird how much niche stuff there is. There's also, like, FarmersOnly.com. Oh, yeah. I think they have those, that's a real for They farmers. have these commercials that are on TV that actually our friend Dagan is yeah. in, um, where it's, like, people going, like, well, I just need to meet myself a good lady. Where am I going to meet them? They're, like, in front of a barn wearing overalls or whatever. It's, like, the worst stereotypes of farmers or whatever. Well, it makes you think it's a sketch, but yeah, it's not. It, but it's, it's not. Real. But and literally, they're actually looking for, for it's, mates? It's, yeah, it's Ladies for farmers look, looking for farmers. Right at, hey, listen, you know what? <laughs> I have news for you. I, I think it's very appealing. Yeah, right. <laughs> How else are they supposed to meet people? <laughs> no, that's, I mean, it, it's a funny little thing. Like, listen, I want to find it keep... and single. I mean, you think I stand a chance in hell in this town? I mean, why yeah. do you farmers like, only? You... <laughs> oh, my God. I why do you think it, I, I mean, keep going back to New York? to like... Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> farmers <laughs> keep similar hours. Like, we're both up at 4 and in bed by 7.30. Hmm. This is going to be perfect. We're the real meat and potatoes guy. No, really. Grows potatoes. I like that. Green acres. We're both busy during the harvest. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. To what me. are you doing today? Is. Reaping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we already sowed, so it's the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all fun. Yeah. <laughs> so happy. Yeah. Come visit me now. Please. <laughs> well, you did, I mean, that to take the facts of life a little bit, too. That yes. show, in a lot of ways, was ahead of its time in the subject really? matter. Well, I think when the subject matter it dealt with sometimes... Um, like, for example, you were the first to lose your virginity on the show. That was a big deal. Well, I think, you know, I think it was the first kid version of a Norman Lear comedy. I mean, mm. when I yeah. think of Facts of Life, I, egomaniacally, um, <laughs> tend to want to lump it into that whole genre of the, you know, what Norman Lear created. That Norman Lear sitcom where you take amazing actors, usually from stage, and you put them in a sitcom and you make people laugh and you actually bust all the stereotypes, mm-hmm. talk about things. You know, Maud brought up abortion. Ma- yeah. You know, all his sitcoms tended to do that. I think Facts of Life, and it started with different strokes, right? A right. white man yeah. adopting two black kids. It wasn't in your face, but like if you think about it, yeah. in the 70s and 80s, it was cutting edge. So, yes, I think it's the first time you saw teenage girls experiencing things in real time that real teenagers were experiencing and talking about it. But that was kind of the Norman Lear sitcom model of what he did from all in the family to one day at a time. I mean, he just tackled things that everyone else was experiencing. You just didn't see it on TV. And that I think when people say, well, what do you miss about TV most? You know, I just miss that. I missed actually seeing my life on screen. Mm -hmm. And Norman Lear happened to like kind of always do that. For a couple of decades there, and I yeah. and no one came in to take his place, you know, doing yeah. that kind of television where you actually just saw a funny version of really what's happening. Yeah. So, 
anyway, that's kind of, to me, I don't think we were that cutting edge. We were a Norman Lear sitcom. You know, I right. think I think he was cutting edge and mm-hmm. is, God bless him, he's 92, still living. Okay, so like, right. yeah, do not kill him off yet. We're not ready <laughs> for that. But, um, you know, I really think it's him that is the cutting edger. Yeah. Well, just to get to be having a format, basically, that makes it easy and palatable to talk about whatever you yeah. want. So the show never has to be like razor sharp or edgy even it's just like this is the way we can talk about that which is great and i don't know that that's i think the closest thing i can think of on tv is parenthood well, I mean, in terms you, of that can you imagine yeah. talking about now how a black couple whose wife the wife used to be a maid you know moved yeah. to a, a high-rise apartment in new york and have a black maid themselves and it was never talked about it just was shown yeah and they were hilarious yeah, yeah. so i mean yeah that's that's kind of where it's at for me in regard to that. I don't think when we were doing it, we felt very cutting edge. I'm I think so we just edgy. felt really lucky yeah. that right. we were part of that family. Totally. And totally. had you had stage experience before? No, I got discovered at school by really? Norman <gasps> and Alan Horn and Charlotte Ray. Oh, no big up. deal. Yeah, right. I know. Oh, excuse me. Dropped another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they came up. I was going to a, a, a very shishi, poo-poo, all-girls school in Bel Air called mm-hmm. Westlake, which is now Westlake Harvard. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it was Westlake School for Girls. Um, really amazing school at that time. It is no longer what it once was. I can yeah. honestly say that as an alum. It's not the school I went to. But um, a lot of amazing women came out of that school, like Sally Ride and Candace Bergen. and So cool. So cool. And um, they came up there to try and authenticate scripts about what it was like to be in an all-girls school. I don't necessarily think they were looking for storylines per se, but just wanted to kind of get the flavor. Yeah. And um, I was one of the girls they talked to, and I got a phone call from the headmaster the next day saying, they want to write a part for you in the show they're doing. Just from them talking to you? Yes. Wow. And from what Charlotte tells me, you know, this is my version of events, my conversation with Charlotte, was that Natalie got her name because that was her best friend in school. So that's how the name was picked. And that she said there was something about you and your voice, and you just cracked us all up, and when we... We're driving back to the studio. The three of us could not stop talking about you. So I love it. What I do too. So like, are you kidding me? Story. Very serendipitous. I mean, that's not almost ever what you hear from someone that got started so young. Usually, they were doing commercials or theater or no. TV or anything. No, you and my mom, anything? you know, was a lawyer. My dad's a businessman. I mean, living the life. I mean, it was it. You know, I had done plays in school. I think like every single person does, you know, I mean, you do some aspect of that, but no, it's nothing that I really wanted. It found me, but then I think you, and I use the word serendipity. I mean, it's sort of like the word describing my life and has continued to, I mean, I really felt behind the curveball a little bit with the other girls because Kim Fields had done a Pampers commercial yeah. and, you know, a Mrs. Butterworth <laughs> commercial. Really gets in my head. You know, and, she, and, and Nancy had done the Hallmark commercial and Lisa had been on, you know, the Mickey Mouse Club and it's sort of like, oh my God, what the hell do I bring to the party, you know? But, but really, you know, if anyone needs a lesson about how silly that all is to compare yourself to someone else, look, if you're picked for something and it feels good, if you feel froggy leap and that's kind of what happened. Yeah. And only until, you know, post-college when I actually started to do more stuff of my choosing and, and claim to be an artist mm-hmm. and train and play, did I then, like, 
consider myself an artist. Do you know what I yeah, mean by that? Sense. And I yeah. think it's very lofty to talk about that in that LA, point. but I yeah. think in LA people sort of have this, they take themselves seriously and not their careers. No. Every, every other city like New York or Chicago, you know, they take their career seriously and not themselves seriously. Yes. And, and I think it's because, That's a good way to say it. well, you know, this city, it's the business. Yeah. And I think the way that if you would go to Dallas, they would talk about the oil business mm-hmm. or you would go to New York and they would talk about the stock market or you would go to Tokyo and they would talk about import export. That's how they talk about LA. Yeah. So to, to call yourself an artist or to me, when people say, so what do you, what do you want me to call you? I'm a storyteller. Yeah. That is what I do and what I love. Yeah. That is literally my job description. Yeah. Right? I put on other people's hair and I, uh-huh. I say words that other people write and and I create. You know? Could you imagine if we lived in Dallas and we had an oil podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That would be pretty cool. How riveting. Hey, welcome back to Crude and Rude. Yeah. Uh, no, that'd be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I so, think that's the perfect way to describe those differences, though. And I I think you're lucky that you got to both have the like serendipitous beginning, which is, I mean, that it came to you that way and that that show was so successful is like incredibly rare. Because you hadn't auditioned for anything at that point. And then you end up on every episode of like a long-running, hugely yeah. successful show. That yeah. is bizarre. But I think every, most actors that I know, their first job is bizarre. Yeah. Right? I mean, to me, the fact that you actually get into an audition room, then the fact that you actually book a job, then that that job might take you somewhere and you might meet this person and you might actually win an award. It doesn't matter what school you went to, your training, your, I mean, all that is advantages and disadvantages, but basically I think it's all nuts well that's why when people get so stressed out about auditions and stuff it's like they're gonna know on some level when you walk in the room just because it's you you know what i mean like women i'm thinking women because i'm thinking of my friends right now like we'll tear ourselves apart when you know like with all this doubt and negativity about what they're trying to do or what they're you know the technique in the audition room and it's like whenever i've gotten to be behind the scenes or knowing what's happening it's like no it really is because this girl reminded her of her friend or you reminded her of this guy that they didn't like or even though you didn't do any of your lines right they liked that you made them laugh like yep it's not there's not a thing to crack which i guess is the most frustrating part because people want to have the nut to crack yeah but i you know i have so many neuroses and they just aren't they don't have anything to do with my career And I think it's because I have always seen it as what I do, not who I am, Mm -hmm. even though I love it. I don't take it personally, even though it feels totally personal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that the answer's in the envelope. The job's yours or it's not yours. There's nothing you can do if it's not meant to be to make it happen. And there's nothing you can do to... Can you... Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's nothing you do to fuck it up. Um, you know, and if the job's yours, you, yeah. you, I mean, that's happened to me so many times. So, and I think this town specifically breeds that sense of there's not enough. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not enough. So if you, you get it, or if your friend gets it, that means yeah. you don't. You, yeah. Yeah. Any, any other community. Yeah. There's competition, but there's like a supportive artist community. Right. Like they actually want you to do well. Cause they know that you do well. I'm going to do well too. Yeah. At some point. Success right. is shared. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not really how it rolls out here in La La. <laughs> it's very you know? I disagree more. It's yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting to find how many people just are not healthy around that, that yeah. aspect. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. It is rough. So you did, you were on from like, what, 79 to 88 is when the show ran. Yes. Um, Actually, and, 89. It was 10 years, nine wow. seasons. Okay. Yeah. Ten, it was amazing. And I mean, the cast is phenomenal. Everybody's fantastic on it. But you had a lot of people that came in and out of that show that have gone on to amazingly huge yes. things. Yes. Including, Pam. yeah, <laughs> Pam won. Um, we've had Mackenzie Aston on as well, too. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. We're, we're collecting them all. Uh-huh. Um, I love that. Uh, but one that always stood out to me was George Clooney was on that right. show, um, which a lot of people thought for some strange reason, people thought Clooney was kind of overnight, but then like, no, go back and look at the stuff that he did. Worked and worked and worked. He yeah. worked and worked and worked. And oh worked and worked. yeah. He was in that killer tomatoes movie. Um, and did a sitcom ER, which is how he came to facts of life. Right. Um, it, it's just a show starring Elliot Gould that didn't do well. Hmm. Um, it was on for half a season, but he was shooting. I mean, we all met George when they were shooting that. So, and Pam was on it. Oh, wow. Um, and that's how Pam came to Facts of Life, really? too. All the shows tended to, that were done with that same production company. You know, if you got canceled, you ended up on dot, Good dot, dot, you know. Then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's how Pam came to be wow. on Facts of Life. That's how George came to be on Facts of Life. So, yeah, he was already a part of that production company family. Is it's that crazy. when he had the pig? Did he have the pet pig at the time? No, he got the pig afterwards. Oh, gosh. Yes. I just really need to hear like a first-person story about that pig. About the pig? I think it was just um, an animal to get. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of his Paris Hilton move of like, this will be interesting. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, yeah. He fell in love. That's true. Oh, I love He fell in love. With a potbelly pig. Now that pig has gotten some work done. Yeah. Oh, photos obviously. online. It looks yeah. like a cat um, now, and I don't exactly. like that. <laughs> but there was also, like, because this itself was a spinoff of Different Strokes, is that there was, I, I read that there was a bunch of other things that they kind of tried to spin off of it that never quite kept. There's one episode, Big Apple Blues, uh, which had... Uh, David Spade. Spade and Richard Grieco. Yes, in it. Uh, sure did. It's amazing to look back on those That was things. David's first job. Really? Not, not stand-up. Yes, oh, it was wow. his first acting job. That's crazy. Yeah. It's so weird to me to just, like go back. I, I I know that most of the stuff is out there in some way, shape, or form, but I definitely want to go back and watch some of the stuff. It's yeah. interesting well, when to see you, people. When you just see the guest star list, it is literally a who's who. I mean, so many people became uber famous movie stars, and they guessed they were doing what people do now, right? You guessed on what's ever on. Yeah. Um, and so many people. So Maya Bialik and Juliette Lewis and Helen Hunt and Jamie Gertz and oh I mean gosh. just like endless, endless, endless lists of people. Yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, that's really crazy. Yeah. Did you have any people that you could remember when they came on the show thinking, oh, look, oh, that's something interesting or special? I mean, I know everybody is at a level, but was there anybody that really blew you away on set at all? Um, I mean, yeah, everybody kind of did. Who yeah. blew me away? I don't know. We weren't that kind of show. Yeah. You didn't come on Facts of Life and, and get to do something get blown. mind-blowing. Right. <laughs> 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 Which may have been the problem. Yeah, That's where we failed at season is. nine. Right. That could have been edgy, yes. you know? Yes. <laughs> Damn it. But you guys did go to Paris and Australia. <laughs> yes, we did. Viva la 80s. Okay. Oh and three networks. Going around. Brandon Tartikoff, God rest his soul. That's when that whole TV movie phenomenon, yeah. Yeah. every network had this huge calendar of TV movies that they had to do. And finally, it dawned on all the networks, you know, it would be so much easier. Just in all the, you know, so Family Ties did a few movies. Like, you know, that's what they started doing was just instead of recasting and creating new stories, take a cast that is already up and running and put them somewhere and have an adventure. So we... We got to experience that, which was uh, two of, I have such 
you know, memories. It sounds so terrible, but, you know, not terrible, but trite. I have such amazing memories of our time. We had a month and a half in Paris and a month and a half in Sydney. Whoa, and a month Australia. and a half? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it was a ball. That's amazing. And it was great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Total adventures. It's like road trip. Like camp. Total camp. It's like, you guys, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, my favorite, my favorite Paris memory is, is Kim getting off the plane and just the first lunch catered lunch of our first day at set they had hens with the claws still on and she's like okay so i'll be checking out a mcdonald's and kim proceeded to eat mcdonald's for the next 30 are days are you serious she oh, so got freaked out gosh. by the food and then the only word she french word she learned was burr more burr please which is butter, butter? it's like just bread and butter <laughs> she got so freaked Play out it safe. Oh, it was Play a capon capon with Claws. She's oh, like, I'm not going to eat the food here. Is like, what's happening. You're right. <laughs> so we were, we were those Americans, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll get you a reputation, I imagine. Yes. Yeah, that must have been so crazy to shoot on location for so long, like with people you already know, like to take what you already know and just put it with a different backdrop. We had a great adventure. What a what a wonderful way. Well, I feel that way about going on location anywhere. I mean, even right. if it's Dubuque. Not that I hate Dubuque, but like. Just to be in a different city and you're actually working, but you yeah. really do kind of get to like live there for a little while, yeah. is a kick in the pants. It's like the yeah. best perk of this job, I think. It's the like best. a little gypsy, awesome. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's just parallel universe time. I love that. Outside of those two places, Australia and Paris, was there another location place you've been that just blew you away that you wish you could spend more time in? Um, I, I feel... a that about a lot of places, but I have to say right now, I just have a thing about, there's something about living and working in New York that is truly unbeatable. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbeatable. It's a very hard place to not be working. (laughs) You know, the Island is not like LA, you know, um, you know, you can love New York, but New York's kind of got to love you back. Right. You know, yeah. and um, L.A., you can kind of perpetrate a fraud here for a while. You really can live mm-hmm. here longer and people not really know that you're not OK and not doing well. I mean, right. Manhattan will kick you off. <laughs> so so the ego of that island is like if you're there, you've really earned the right to be there. Yeah. Like you're absolutely doing something. Um, so there's, there's something about that, though, that is very fulfilling Yeah, for me. I think it's just the time of my life I'm experiencing right. that right now. And just the difference in theater. Like, I go f- a, yes. every year for, like, a week and just be Good going to see you. a bunch of shows and go to a bunch of restaurants yeah. and bars and stuff. It's, it's yeah. like my favorite place to visit. I don't know if I could hack living there, but, like, right. I love to visit it. But just like the, the difference in the theaters, and this is not to say that all theater in LA is garbage. It's not. There's really good theater oh, here. Agreed. But there's also a lot of theater that's like, um, look underneath your chairs yeah. for exactly. my headshot yeah. and resume. Yeah. Look at everything I can yeah. do. Yeah. Like it's literally like, come see my show so you can cast me on something. Yeah. Whereas well, I it feel, couldn't be clearer when you watch those shows too. When you yeah. watch the right. shows that are meant to be a showcase, like you can see the person like gearing up, and this is my monologue that right. shows people what I can do. Like but instead I- of people just doing the piece, or you know. But cities, especially around America, have become very fun to film in now. I mean, Atlanta's great. San Francisco. I've done yeah. a couple of films in San Francisco. That's a kick in the pants. It's a great place. Um, and Toronto's always amazing. So, yeah. I mean, I... Listen, have luggage, we'll travel. That's I awesome. do. I kind of dig it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's do first. Okay, great. We do this every podcast. It's a different first from life. This is... Okay. Uh, what was the first movie you can remember being embarrassed to be watching with your parents? Hester Street with... Carol Kane and Gene Wilder because there was a sex scene. Ah. Oh my gosh, that came to I me mean, fast. Because you know how old I am, but I, I just because I have a visceral memory yeah. of like I should not be sitting next to my father while I'm watching this. Ugh. 
Mine right. was Splash for the same reason. <gasps> yes. Because it's like a mermaid movie. That could be fun. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, like, no one is talking. Like, my parents are both kind of, like, conservative with that. Like, definitely, like, around their kids, like, anything you know, taboo, wouldn't want to talk about it, especially mm-hmm. if you're, like, a little kid. So instead of either of them, like, making a joke or stopping the movie to, like, mm-hmm. make it okay, like, we all just sat there, like, silent, and it was, I was just blushing. I felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Oh. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, my first was then followed up the following week by all, us, all of us going to see Tommy. Whoa! <laughs> so that would probably come in a close, close second, second there. Close yeah. second. I can see that. I can see and that. it's a lot longer. So yep. for me, like I know what my mom's answer is, and, and from her standpoint, because uh, she will definitely. I mean, she listens to this podcast most of the time, so she would she would know. Um, we went to try to see a sneak screening when it came out of Good Morning Vietnam, but it was sold out, and I hadn't seen an R-rated movie in the theater yet. I was born in seventy six. I was probably like. 13-ish, somewhere uh-huh. around there. Um, so they wanted it to be something that, you know, they felt would be appropriate, so to speak. And Good Morning Vietnam felt important, you know. Yes. But we went, and this is before advanced ticketing or whatever, and it was sold out. So but we were already there to go see a movie. So they are trying to figure out what else to see. Well, Fetal Attraction was on was there. They're not going to see that, you know. Fetal Attraction? Fetal Attraction. <laughs> uh, but the thing that was opening that weekend as well, for real, was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And my parents were like, oh, Steve Martin, John Candy's, John Hughes. It's rated R. It's probably just language. This should be fine. And so <laughs> we see the film. I think it's great. You know, I yes. love it or whatever. But it's full of – one, it's full of embarrassment humor, which is tough. Like sometimes I don't like that. Like there's certain stuff like, for example, the Meet the Parents movies. Stuff, I'm always yeah. like, just leave him alone. He's trying. Yeah. Like that's my <laughs> yes. whole thing. I don't like to see people like, – No, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah, it makes me crazy. But I thought it was funny, whatever. But my mom just I think got embarrassed because it's pretty R if you really watch it back. The, the language is pretty hardcore yes. and – there's stuff in it. I think so. Afterwards, it's like she hates that movie so much because she oh thinks gosh. she was embarrassed to be Aww. felt like a bad parent, even though like no one was like that kid's too young or you know upset. Well, about also, it. A lot of, so much of that when you are the too young person is so over your head that like I've rewatched stuff that I watched so much as a kid and never even thought it was scandalous. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just couldn't absorb what was. <laughs> yeah, I was so uninterested or something. Yes. I don't think I've ever been like. I mean, I'm sure there's definitely been movies I've watched with them where I've been like, okay, this is weird, but that doesn't like pop in my head. That, that's the planes, trains that does. And yeah. also, like, I remember watching Ferris Bueller, and that even though it's PG-13, oh, yeah. there's things in it, and we were watching oh, yeah. it as a family. And I think it was the scene where Charlie Sheen is in the um, oh, making with Jennifer out. Gray, yeah, the thing, and and she's you know upset. Jeannie's upset about everything, and she says, "Blow me" or whatever. And I think that's when my mom went, "Okay, and we're good here. Oh, that's yeah. enough." Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think those would be my answers for that. Here's to cringy moments with your parents. Yep. There you go. I'm sure our listeners have them as well. So mm. go to this episode, leave your comments on the first section. We want to hear what you guys were embarrassed to be seen, <laughs> seeing with your folks as well. Uh, let's do my question segment. We're going to do a build a movie. These are fun. So basically, the three of us are going to all together build a film together. Uh, there's no, uh, it can be. There's no budget constraints. The, the people we add to this can be living or dead from any time period or whatever. But we're going to build the ultimate artsy fartsy indie film. Uh, so let's th- think about whatever things you want to add to it um, to make it like one of the most amazing indie films we could possibly think of. Okay. Well, cool. yes. All right. Did I say you want to start something? Um. Penelope Cruz is a failed cellist who is living in her Volkswagen bug. Okay. Good start. Good start. Nice. It breaks down in a small town. Beginning of the movie. Nice. Okay. Right. She's trying to go 
she's failed everything and she's been in New York. She tried to hack it for a long time. Mm. Um, and she gets fired from whatever the thing was, the symphony that she was in or whatever. And so all she really has is the cello and mm. a couple of other things. And she, she's trying to go back home across country or okay. whatever. But yeah. she breaks down before she but she breaks there. down before she can get there. Um, and let's say a small town in the Midwest. Okay. I think that's good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when she gets there, um, she goes to the one hotel. It's like a motel there. With, like it's, it's just nearby. And the clerk at the motel is played by Sam Rockwell. Ooh. And um, he's like, well, look, this uh, somebody kicked the bucket last week in this one place, uh, this one room. We haven't really had a chance to flip it yet. So you can stay there for a couple of days if you want. So he kind of like offers her that for a couple of days. So that's where we are. That's good. Good, good. I like that. Yeah. All right, what do you want to add to it, Mindy? I want to add that in that room, there is some kind of like secret cellar weird door. Okay. Not all of John, being John Malkovich, but like that takes her, it's like a portal of some kind. Okay. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's a time machine, but it's like some kind of underground tunnel that leads to Mexico. Whoa. Okay. It automatically warps her to Mexico. And then when she gets there, here's where it gets crazy. Um, it's like an alternate timeline in a sense that mm. she's gone through. And there she is an incredibly successful oh. virtuoso cellist. But Excellent. you know what? She's experienced so much heartbreak. So she sees herself in this successful career, but then she like stalks her other self and she sees the go- woman go home to her beautiful home and just cry herself and take pills and drink because she's so depressed because her family has been in a horrific accident. I went too far. No, you didn't. You can't go too far. <laughs> no, you can't. I, mean, it's an indie I do film. feel like John Turturro needs to be in it at some point. Agreed. Oh, that's a good Agreed. idea. Yeah, 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 I just For think sure. he has to be. Yeah, For I mean, sure. right? If Sam Rockwell is, he's I mean, John uh, he's her. Uh, she, he's Spanish in it because sometimes he does that, <laughs> and and he's uh, her uh, her like a manager, agent manager or whatever, who's like, we got you the biggest auditorium to play. We're going Wait, to in love it. Mexico. In Mexico. Or, okay, excellent. But there's an alternate version of him back in the midwestern town and he just he's a used car salesman there so nice. she feels like she knows him and he always places. cat calls her and they make an unlikely friendship i like okay. that in that world and i feel it has to be a coen brothers oh yeah that's production. good that's really good yeah they produced it so, yeah so there's some gravitas but also dark humor yeah right 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 yeah uh, it's actually written by charlie kaufman who wrote being John Malkovich. So oh, that's good. Yeah, that's that, very so. good. It's his answer to the female psyche for this. Right. Oh. Um, we've right, been right, waiting right. Uh, <laughs> so long. Um, Bette Midler is in it as she actually owns that motel. We've got Sam Rockwell as the clerk, the desk clerk, but his mother is played by Bette Midler who owns it, and she wants to flip the room and rent it out, so she ends up in a fight with Penelope. Okay. Trying to get her out. She's trying to get her out. Yeah. She's like, I'm just trying to get home. Yeah, um, I just need a few more days. And every night she's sneaking back into Mexico because she can't fully live there because there's a portal thing. Right. There's a loophole, portal loophole. <laughs> and then um, one day she goes to try to go back to the portal, but it's closed up. She can't go back to it anymore. And she, But she can hear her music when she presses her ear up to it. She can hear herself playing in the other world and the crowd going crazy. And somehow Jimmy Gandolfini oh. has taken the portal back and he has landed in the Midwest in <sighs> current time and doesn't know where he is and how he got there because he just walked through the tunnel in a drunken stupor. Oh, nice. that's good. So he just shows up in town? In her room. Oh, oh. 
in town in current day, right? And she, first, she gets really mad and starts hitting him. You know how Penelope Cruz is so pretty when she's mad <laughs> And just hitting and hitting and crying because he found her at a very weak moment. I mean, she's stuck. They want her out. She has nowhere to go. Her other self is on the other side of the sealed thing. And then he just holds her and he tells her, you're enough. You're enough. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The film is actually directed by Stanley Tucci. Oh, nice. Um, And it's called Portals. I think that's what we're going to call it. That's great. Brilliant. I think we built a pretty decent movie, That's a beautiful film. Beautiful. I can't wait to hear the soundtrack. See the colors. I think Tribeca wouldn't have any recourse but to have it be like opening night. There it is, honey. And the music's all by T-Bone Burnett. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Because that's... That's who would do it. Um, I think we built it. It's pretty nice. All right, Vanessa, your question. These are my questions. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? Yes. Oh my gosh. Can you tell me more? She does ask us. I ask every person that comes on the podcast. I met them in New York outside of, I believe, where their offices are, but I was there at an audition. And they were both there. Did you say hello? I did. What did they say? Hello? This is the least mysterious we've ever heard. Everyone else, their story is always like, they were at the same party I was at, but they were like shrouded by people and they snuck out. They've always been so mysterious. you, You find them mysterious? I am very interested in them. But do you find them mysterious? I do now. Interesting. They were like a little America's sweethearts, right? Or even smaller than a sweetheart. America's cutie pies when Mm -hmm. they were on Full House. And now they're billionaires. They've built a fashion and they're all, they don't do many interviews and they like wear huge clothes and they just. So a la Kardashian, right? The juxtaposition, like the total polar opposite is I think they actually take their business. They work so hard. I do. I think they work very, very hard. I think they love what they do and they're still artists, but different kinds. And no, I really they're think, so good at it. Yeah. I mean, no kidding. I, I agree. So I, and they're I think, miniature and there are two of them. I mean, everything about them. I'm very <laughs> excited by like, okay. They could have gone the way of almost every other little celebrity that has grown, not every other, but the people that stay in the spotlight, I feel like tend to go more Kardashian route of right. like what their branding is or what kind of acting they're going to well, do. Cause I and, think a death grip on yes, the same exactly. thing. Versus, and they've become mini moguls. And right. I mean, they have mini, a just sister a yeah. who's oh, a good who's actress actor, right? and owns a Kinko's. Right. <laughs> so, there you go. There it is. Uh, well, the I like that left. they were just normal in your story, but usually they're well, I like think, smoking. I think Ooh. they're really normal. I mean, they're uber wealthy and, and, and in that like, Fashion milieu, milieu, which is already just like odd, bizarre. You know, it's it really its own animal. Yes. So I think that's probably a lot of like the mystery yeah. around that. But to be honest, I think they're just like two gals living in New York, living a life, living a dream, oh, yeah. living a real dream. Yeah. Those ladies. Okay. Okay. If you had two hours in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, how would you okay. use them? Oh my gosh! How would I use them? There's no easy way of knowing. <laughs> I don't know whether I would get in the bubble room or just, you know, honestly, the open, the candy room. I mean, the candy room, yeah. really. Honestly, I would just want to hang out with Willy Wonka. Aww. Truth be told, I, I, would, I would hope he'd be in a Gabby mood. Because he could be in a dark mood, too. Exactly. True. But I, You're but really I could take risking it. it right now. I could take it. I'm really, I can handle dark. I'm actually a really safe haven. I have a beacon for like troubled, alcoholic, dark, I don't know. Willy Wonka's going to love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come with me, Mindy. Okay. Uh, You've angered a wizard. 
Mm. obviously. And you have to choose between living the next 10 years of your life on weekdays only on a reality show for 10 years. And it just like follows you around doing you or every night forever for the rest of your life. You have to watch two hours of horror movies before bed. Horror movies before bed forever. That's fine. Oh, I don't think I could take it every night forever. I mean, but you could take five night, five days a week being followed around by cameras. For ten years, probably not. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't always think these through fully. I'm just like horror movies are bad, but then it's like oh, they are years. bad, and they're not my least favorite genre. So it would really be and a right little torturous. Sleep, it would be so bad. And you mm. buy like two nights, or no, not two nights, but a year in, you would have seen everything. So you'd be rewatching. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I anyway, think you made the right. More than 365 times two hours of horror movies. No, I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> next question. <laughs> I like that you almost did the math, but you just you set up the equation. So if anybody's yeah. interested, name two facts of life. <laughs> that's a question. Okay, well, that stuns me. Because what do you mean? I mean, you're on the show for a long time. What are two facts of life? You had to learn a little something about life, Mindy. <laughs> but the facts? I don't know the facts of the, like, I don't know. We were just kind of guessing. <laughs> We were positing. We weren't really being factually based, were we? So is okay. the fact that there are no facts. Wow. Yeah. You are deep. I'm a you deep are fifth one grader. Deep That's like a mofo. deep fifth grader answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't have to name uh, that. Yeah, that, that has stumped me, and I am usually not stumpable. Well, we asked, I asked Mackenzie the same thing. What did he say? Please tell me. He didn't have them either. I think this is really challenging. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I thought it would have come up by now. Okay. No. Now, oh, this is a fun one. For me, <laughs> if you do say last so. night at midnight. Like, oh, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, describe Velma's perfect day. Oh, and If you could excellent. give her a makeover, what would you do? Oh, that's an excellent question. Thank her perfect you. day would start out with a double latte, mm. trip to the library, a little tete-a-tete with Shaggy. Oh. Um, <laughs> then maybe, you know... Solve a little bit of a mystery. Sure. Go back to the library. <laughs> write a thesis. Um, yeah, I think that would be her perfect day. That's a dreamy day. It's a dreamy day for Velma. Um, in regard to what I would change, I think, I just do think the bowl cut has to go. Yeah. Maybe we can, like, I don't know, just surprise her with a Dorothy Hamill. Ooh. Yeah. It could be like, super cute. Yeah. yeah. Just just something other than the bowl cut. Well, and that's still youthful and no nonsense. <laughs> there we you go. know? Like it's still yes. in her wheelhouse. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I would do it. I would I would fix her hair. Good Ooh, job. Like, I love the new do, Velma. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, gang. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people just we should mention that you've been the voice of Velma for quite a long time now. Yes, going into my fourteenth year. That's so awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been kind of the best gig in the world to kind of play an icon. I mean, yeah. I truly think she's an icon. She I is. grew up with her. So it's really, it's just kind of amazing, to yeah. be honest. I feel really, really, really lucky. Well, we're lucky to have you doing it as well. So That's it's sweet. all luck all around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you did it, Mindy. You, you made it podcast. all the way through the podcast. <laughs> Yay! Um, you're on Twitter, as we mentioned before. So I am. Follow you there. Uh, it's just your name. It's at Mindy Cohn. Yes. Is that not good? No, that's no, great. That's, great. Oh, yes. that's the way it should be. I, I find like sometimes uh, people have a hard time and be like, Crazy oh, my frog, name's 32. Bill Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. 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 Shower underscore curtain 14. So how much like, what, time what do that? we have? I have a question for oh, you. Oh, go yeah, ahead. Sure. Okay. So I have a crush on somebody. Ooh. I'm not supposed to know his last name, but I found out his last name in a very like, you know, just... Innocent way? A very innocent way. Kind of dropped in my lap. 
And I want to follow him on Twitter, but I shouldn't know his last name. But uh, I do. I think you just follow him. I do. You don't think that's stalker quality? How do you know? Do you, how well do you know each other? Um, we know each other. Okay, we see each other often. But th- that's enough. Yeah. If you just because if you were ever cornered, you could be like, oh, so and so. But when you want to know, like, how did you find out my last name? How do you know where to find me? How do, does it seem stalkery? No. I don't think so. Not really. And you probably have a lot of Twitter followers already, right? Does this person I have, have a, a few. lot? I, I have to say, I, I'm definitely below the curve on, on what my well, friends Well, you just have. got into it recently, right? Not really. Oh, I thought you were saying you just got... No. Oh, you just folded. You picked Twitter over Facebook. That's what it was. Well, I think, who's going to go through their list? And then also, who would ever be like, how did she know? Like, okay. you're a well-known, lovely so woman. So it's not where... So it they is amazing who I have found over Twitter and who has found me. That's been kind of adorable. Yeah, yeah. people, it, you can find information pretty easily. It'd be weird if it's like, is this is Banksy and you know his last name. That would be okay, strange. True. Well, also but, if you have any true. Somebody okay. who like keeps it hidden, but like if it's a person who has a pub, who's who publicly doesn't hide their name. Yeah, from like the I world, mean, I, 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 yes, I, I have class with him every week. Oh yeah, then absolutely, okay. right? Uh-huh. Because yeah, you have mutual friends, and also I'm sure there could be some list or email that you've seen that you could just be like, oh yeah, I Excellent. followed everybody in class. That's what I would oh, do. That's Follow who's... everyone in class. That's brilliant. You make one bold move, and if they want to read into it, that's their own thing. Okay. And then slowly unfollow each of the people you yeah. don't care about. <laughs> slowly, roll it out slow, exactly. really slow. I need to learn the etiquette on that. By the way, there's a couple people I'd really like to unfollow. Just do it. You okay. really do just do it? I mean, I don't because I don't. I'm yeah, too you can just do it. I'll be a little heartbroken when I see you're not following me. Oh, my God. No way. Never. Um, <laughs> That's not going to happen. Like, Damn it. There are those. Like, sometimes I'll go through and I'll be like, there's somebody I started following just because they started following me or whatever. And then I realize that they're not following me anymore. And I'm like, oh, permission to oh, unfollow. Yeah. Yeah, yes, Thank yes, you yes. very much. But yes. it's hard when they still follow you and you're like, oh, okay. Exactly. I think you just have to sort of stick with it because you can scroll past their stuff. So exactly. you have to like let it go. Point taken. You can also like if somebody calls you on it, if they go like, "Hey, why aren't you following me anymore?" Yes, you can be like, "Wait, what?" And then just start refollowing them, and then be like, "Sorry, I don't know how that happened." Because I've had that actually. I happen. totally did that. That's exactly what it happened. Yeah. yeah. So you can always go that route and then just suffer. I'm really their feet. excited about this man in class, though. Me too. I feel like that's the perfect move. I like him. I have a huge crush. Well, and also you're very funny and charming. So We're if so you sweet. follow him, but and I'm maybe he doesn't time. have many followers. No, maybe. he doesn't. So he would follow you back, and then you just get to be your adorable self in 140 characters or less, and that's like a whole new way to get a crush on someone. Excellent. Oh, yeah. I feel very determined to be married by 50. Okay. Let's make it happen. Yeah. One tweet I'm at kinda, a time, honey. I'm kind of committed. <laughs> <laughs> it's my new commitment. There you it, go. I think Tinder is not the way to go. No. Just FYI. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I agree. You could have so many one-night stands But if you time. find him on there, then, then you'll know a few more things about him. <laughs> Thanks, Cole. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> well, that's funny, though. My friends and are on Tinder. That was a like, of reality. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so here I am. Woof. <laughs> Uh, all right, so follow Mindy. <laughs> and if she follows you, just don't read into it. Oh, my right. God, at all. <laughs> and follow her new beau, at Dabney Coleman. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're on there as well. I'm at Cole Strat. I'm Yay. at Vanessa Raglan. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and thanks for being here, Mindy. Thank Yay, you, guys, so, so much. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.